Entranced by the flight of a raven, I watch its shadow move effortlessly against golden, shimmering granite. I long to be that free, flying above the cluttered world of normalcy, where so many are half alive. Dean Potter. My first memory of Raven is a tragic caricature, an aging shell confined to a small prison at the Little Red Schoolhouse, a local nature preserve. This raven was known for mimicking a word or two in English. A normally high-flying bird, it was reduced to a parody confined as it was to standing in a tiny coop barely wider than the width of the outstretched wings. The bird could see the blue sky mocking it just outside a large window. As a kid, I was enthralled. As I became aware, I was less than impressed. Now, I am sickened. I encountered the majestic bird in its natural habitat for the first time in the mid-1980s. The soaring glossy, black feathers shimmered opalescent against a cobalt sky dusted with sifted white clouds. It floated effortlessly over 1.7 billion years of exposed geologic history, cruised between the vanilla-scented, cathedralesque ponderosa pines at the south rim of the Grand Canyon where the Navajo sell beautifully crafted turquoise and silver jewelry laid out on exquisitely woven rugs from highly mobile roadside stands. I didn't buy any of the jewelry because I was unawares wearing turquoise kept evil spirits at bay. The next time I see a Navajo selling turquoise, I will be first in line. They, there were two ravens, had taken to the air, were playing in the infinity above earth floating over the canyon as effortlessly as a fluffy cottonwood seed swims on air currents to be dispersed around the globe establishing many fiefdoms wherever there is sustaining water. They were ascending, twisting and twirling and looping, descending effortlessly, throwing the wings out for a quick turn, a roller coaster free of screeching, mechanical contrivance. It was the rare wing flap required to adjust the aerial ballet. Most movements required nothing more than a subtle flick of their wrists adjusting the leading and trailing edges of the wing for lift and drag, to alter the friction of air on feather taking it to new heights or plummeting below the heavily peopled rim. During a paired, speedy descent, one veered off in my direction, looked directly into my eyes. I was mesmerized for in that tiny black orb, I could sense simultaneously the lustrous surface with a pinpoint of reflected sun and the chasm behind, the immensity of the universe shrunk down to a black hole, the finite game of life and the infinite game of eternity, earth and heaven. What about hell you may be wondering? The only hell I believe in is the one inside me. Not the mythological hell guarded by a demon sprouting horns and a barbed tail. The hell bounded by an insatiable need to know coupled with the unknowable, with wanting to be known while closing shut the David doors. An unsolvable dichotomy. I am hell. I lost sight of Raven in the trees until I saw its shadow crawling over the rock at great speed heading directly toward me. I looked up after a quick calculation of sun angle and casting the shadow. And there it was bearing down fast. I felt the raven shadow pierce my body. At the same instant, raven croaked, a reverberating exclamation shattering the silence. Its resonant voice, though slightly hoarse was an arrow of clarity piercing the armor protecting my soul. In that finite moment, I understood the infinite, understood everything with crystal clarity in the timber of the croak. Head rush, I experienced. The enhanced state buzzed for as long as the croak reflected off the canyon walls and echoed back through my being, a series of surging head rushes. When the echo finally faded and I came off my emotional high, I was left with a sense of hajou, a combination of health, happiness, wisdom, knowledge, rolled into harmony. And I was content. Does wisdom perhaps appear on the earth as a raven? Which is inspired by the smell of carrion? Tilda Friedrich Nietzsche. I watched for hours hoping to hear them croak to me again. Every time I saw a raven's shadow slithering over the canyon rock, I scanned the sky. The waiting was in vain. Despite many sightings, raven refused to approach me again. I should have bribed them with food of some sorts. Initially, 
I thought the croak was no more than an animal warning others there was a naked ape present, but, my hunger for connection caused me to sense there was more. I could not deny that I retained a microcosm of understanding lingering long after the last croak faded, an understanding that crept up on me during those hours steeped in anticipation. Perhaps, that is why I was waiting? It took me many a sleepless night to decode. It was my soul that translated the resonating croak. My rational mind is useless in deciphering animal speak. Once decoded, I understood Raven was speaking to me. Raven had said, the divine light in me recognizes and acknowledges the divine light in you. Winding back, I recalled the phraseology as a translation of the Sanskrit word, namaste, a common greeting in India done with the palms pressed at heart center including a slight head bow. Not the literal translation which is I bow to you, rather an intent translation capturing the undergirding nuance of the greeting. I believed in that instant, Raven was my totem, a mischievous spirit being embodying the wisdom necessary for me to soar through life and emerge content. Raven as totem is confusing. Raven soars through the skies while I am a landlocked shadow, a two-dimensional raven never feeling the wind neath my feathers. Why can't my totem be a walker or a crawler or a slider? With them, I would expect deeper understanding. To truly prove out my belief, I am an engineer relying on evidence to fortify concepts, I would need to attend a Native American church, NAC, and undergo the religious peyote ceremony. This requires peyote ingestion to bring the supplicant nearer the spiritual world where I would expect to meet my totem face to face, so to say. Federal law permits peyote use among members of the NAC, and to non-Native Americans in Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, Nevada, and Oregon. My plan to migrate to Arizona, someday, could put me in touch with the church elders and a potential awakening. There are roadblocks. Many Native Americans believe it is sacrilegious to use peyote for the selfish purpose of having a vision. The peyote ceremony is always for the purpose of healing a chosen individual. Peyote, a powerful medicine, is also a very powerful narcotic. The yin and the yang. The yang and the yin. The potential for a bad trip is very real and terrifying. I'm chicken shit. So, I'm not sure I will ever really know the face of my totem. These obstacles have not stopped me seeking raven wisdom. The elusive contentment experienced on that first encounter, what I can only describe as the temporary secession of my internal hell, is itself a powerful narcotic. Having had a taste, I'm jonesing for more. It is more difficult than it might seem. Raven and I dwell in vastly different ecosystems so acquiring understanding and sustaining Hezhou has always been a chase dream. But, there is hope. I'm am road tripping the southwest soon, prime raven habitat where I will wait on a high escarpment, for hours, maybe days, praying for a reappearance of my totem and the reinvigoration of the connection from almost 40 years ago. August 16, 2020